Good morning, everybody. Again, I'm sorry for the cold. Don't know exactly why. It's been, well, I think it's warming up a little bit in here, but um, it's, it's been on since six o'clock this morning and still chilly. But uh, we have the fire of the Lord in us, amen. amen. So let's let the let the Lord burn on the inside. Um, uh, real quick announcements: so You're having ladies' prayer tomorrow night. Wednesday night, of course, is, is prayer. I don't always mention it, but remember, there is prayer Sunday morning at 9.30 uh, over in the prayer room. And uh, it's so appreciated. As I mentioned first thing this morning, you know, without the prayer undergirding everything, um, then it just it, it, it doesn't work. In fact, I, okay, Lord, I'll do that. Um, I heard, a, I heard a story in the last couple of days. Um, a, a pastor was telling me about Charles Finney, who um, you know, a great revivalist. Um, and he had a, a gentleman, I wish I could remember his name. I wasn't prepared for this, but just the Lord just brought it to mind. He had a gentleman that would go, uh, it was almost like an advance. He'd go into the towns that, that Charles Finney was going to go to, and he'd pray. And that's all he did. He'd pray. He'd pray. And then um, he'd kind of, uh, get you know, send a letter to Finney and say, "Okay, we're ready," and uh, then there, the the anointings there would converge. And before Finney ever got up to speak, people were getting converted, and you know uh, things were would, you know, they shut down, um, you know mills and you know whatnot because the spirit of God was so prevalent there. Well, I get I as as from what I hear, this uh, guy who was the intercessor for Finney, I think um, he passed away. And Finney said, well, there's, there's no point in continuing evangelizing. I'll just be a pastor. Because without that spiritual, that prayer that went ahead of it, he, he realized that there wasn't any success. So prayer is vital. It's not just a thing we do. It is the thing. Right? God said, my house should be called a house of for what? All the nations. Right? It's the thing that defines us. It's not, it's not a, an other thing. It's the thing that defines us as his people. So ladies' prayer tomorrow night, uh, Sunday morning prayer, Wednesday night prayer. Um, we're going to have a men's deal the first, is it Saturday, Saturday of uh, February. Um, men's breakfast over here. Any other announcements? Stay warm, please. Um, so we've been, uh, we, took, we took a little bit of a break with Advent, okay? Um, we're gonna, if you want to just go to, he, we're going to be in Hebrews 6. If you want to just go there and hang out there, that's fine. I've got a couple of passages um, that I'm going to hit right before that. Um, bef- before we went into Advent, we had started talking about the sevenfold spirit of the Lord, right, out of Isaiah 11. Um, the spirit of the Lord this is verse 2 the spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and strength or might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord so I want to recap just really really briefly to get us kind of back in the swing because it's been you know five or more weeks since we've, we've been on this but we, we talked about the sevenfold anointing the spirit of the Lord that rested on Jesus right? And if that same spirit rests upon Jesus, then he rests upon his body, which is us, right? If, if, it's, if it's on the head, then it's on the body, right? Jesus, that's the whole point. Jesus, Jesus came, he didn't want to just reign alone. He came so that he could, he could have a bride who reigned with him, and he, he put that spirit not only upon us, but in us at the day of Pentecost. So it's the same spirit that rested on Jesus, and so it's the same spirit who rests upon us. We talked about uh, the spirit of the Lord, right? And uh, we looked at Samson, um, the spirit of the Lord being the, the one who, who comes in 
and rescues his people. You know, Samson was a, a mighty man, and it was Samson by himself, right, went and, and rescued the people of, of, the, of the Lord a, on a number of occasions. You know, was, he, he didn't gather an army like other judges. He went in and he'd go and he'd rip out the gates of the city, or he'd go and kill a thousand people with, with a, the jawbone of a donkey, right? I mean, he, he went in and he did it by himself. So the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Jesus and upon us. Jesus came by himself. He delivered us, took the keys of, of death, hell, and the grave, and by himself delivered for himself a people, right? God also put the same Spirit of the Lord upon us to have victory, to have victory. We talked about the, um, uh, the Spirit of of wisdom, right? And uh, we looked at the spirit of wisdom is there, uh, it's, it's wisdom to build, okay? When you, when you look at the, the ones who had wisdom in the Old Testament, we looked at um, uh, Solomon, you know, the spirit of wisdom on there, and what, what did he do? He built the temple. The same thing, the spirit of wisdom came on, um, Oh, I left blanking on the guy's name. The guy in with uh, the tabernacle with Moses, spirit of wisdom. He came and he was able, uh, uh, Bezalel came and um, you know, he, he put all the stuff for the tabernacle together, right? To, it, the spirit of wisdom comes on upon us to build. And we, you know, Jesus came to build a new temple, right? Not, not with... Um, not with two by fours and cedar beams and right. He came to build a temple with living stones. And we are part of that temple, each one of us. And uh, you know, the spirit of wisdom comes upon us to continue to build that temple of the Lord for his presence. Spirit of understanding. Um, wow, now I'm blanking. That's terrible. Um, we, lo we looked at uh, the, the spirit of understanding. Somebody remind me, because I just looked, I looked at, it, at everything this morning. Um, the, remember the disciples uh, came and, and the Lord gave understanding to the disciples. It, this is an ability to understand uh, the word of God, right? Um, they, they, the Lord opened their minds, and especially towards the end of, of Jesus' life on earth, he opened their, their hearts and their minds to be able to, to understand, to be able to communicate uh, the things of God and to be able to understand, understand the word. Right? If, if Jesus has understanding of the word, he wants us to have understanding of the word as well. Right? So... Uh, we need to ask them for the spirit of understanding to come and to open up the word of the Lord to us so that it's not just, it's not just a book. It's not just, you know, in, in, let's, let's, be, let's be real about it. it, it you, you read the book of Romans, okay? Anybody read, in here read Romans? Anybody ever scratched your head <laughs> when you read Romans? All right? Which you're in good company. The, the apostle Peter says, Paul writes at a level, it's hard to understand Paul. And if it was hard for Peter to understand Paul, I'm, in, I'm, I'm okay. Okay? So, um, but we need that spirit of understanding to open our minds and our hearts so that we can understand uh, the word and understand, understand scripture. All right? Uh, we're going to look at the spirit of counsel this morning. The spirit of counsel. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, this was tough for me. I could, oh, Daniel is who we looked at with understanding, right? God gave Daniel the ability to understand. He understood dreams, right? He understood um, things that were going on, and he was able to um, take, uh, take the dreams of the king, and he was able to communicate those um, and open the, the word, if you will. Um, he didn't have the word like we do, but he was able to open those under, that understanding and communicate that. Um, counsel was hard for me. I started looking through and through scripture and there wasn't that much in there. I'm going, okay, Lord, how am I going to do this? What, what are we talking about with the, the spirit of counsel? Um, and I did find a good definition 
Uh, if you would like to, to go there, if you don't, if you want to just hang out in Hebrews 6, that's fine. Um, but 2 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to look at this guy a little bit next week. Um, this is uh, David's. Um, uh, this is this is David's counselor, if you will, uh, Hethophel. Okay, uh, and uh, in verse twenty-three, it says the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one inquired of the word of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel re, uh, regarded by both David and Absalom. So it, this, this man, man Ahithophel, um, had this counsel. And when he, was, when he was asked, what do I do? What, what is the counsel here? It was as if um, someone was inquiring of God himself. It was the word of God. Okay? So I'm going to say that again and try to open that, unpack that just a little bit before we go to Hebrews. The, the counsel, meaning the, the plan of God, the purpose and plan of God. And when someone has that spirit of counsel upon them, they're able to communicate the purpose and plan of of God to someone else. So the counsel there, um, the spirit of counsel, that, that word counsel, it, it, it's also translated other places as purpose or plan. All right? So to, to communica communicate the, the purpose and the plan of God. And when that spirit of, of counsel is upon someone, you know, you should be able to Communicate effectively, this is what God is saying to do. It's a little bit different. Than, it's, it's got a lot of prophetic elements in it, although the prophetic is often, it, it's, usually it's not, this is what to do. It's more of an encouragement. Counsel is oftentimes, this is what you should do. This is the plan of God for your life, for the business, for the town, for the state. It, 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 I mentioned this uh, with, with Daniel, but wouldn't it be great if, if the, the presidents and the kings and the, the heads of state around the world, if, if when they had a, a major decision, they'd say, give me somebody from the church. Give me, I, I, need, I, need, a, I need a pastor, I need a prophet, I need someone. I, I've got a major decision uh, to make regarding the direction of our country. I, I need bring bring the pastors in. I need them in here because I need to know what God is saying, not the wisdom of man, but the wisdom of God, the counsel, the plan of God in a situation. Okay, so that is the um, that's the that's the spirit of counsel, kind of in a nutshell, to be able to communicate the counsel, the plan, purpose. Of God in a situation. Now, let me get into Hebrews six here, and we're and I'm, I'm going to try to. But before I get into um, uh, the full um, message, I want to tell you why I brought this, why why Hebrews six came out because it's it, it doesn't exactly say it's not someone who has the counsel stuff, but uh, in verse. Um, in verse 17 okay in, in Hebrews 6 verse 17 it says in the same way God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the un unchangeableness that's a great word unchangeableness of his purpose okay that word purpose there um, in the Greek in the Septuagint in the Greek uh, of the Old Testament is the same word for counsel in um, Isaiah 11. So the unchangeableness of his counsel, of his purpose, of his plan. Okay? So again, what we're talking about is uh, the, 
the ability to uh, convey, to, to give this plan of God to someone else. I am... Um, I was telling somebody uh, earlier this week. Uh, I've mentioned I've mentioned to you all before. I, I, I um, really feel like I personally have been in the desert for re- about 20 years. This this come this actually this week I can I can go back and on the calendar say you know this, there's some there's some stuff that happened 20 years ago like uh, in the next couple days and uh, though I think there was a, some time before that that the Lord was um, really kind of ramping things up, that's when everything really, really started, and I hit the, the, the desert, if you will, right? And the desert meaning, you know, oftentimes when you, uh, you uh, the Lord calls you into something, he will put you through your paces. And it's, it's not, it's very important, it's not to kill us. He doesn't send us into the desert to kill us. He sends us in the desert to be prepared. Now, part of that is is a, if you will, it is a killing. It's a killing of the the self in us and full reliance upon upon the Spirit, upon God Himself. But He He sends us into the desert in order to be able to grow in our faith, to be able to rely upon Him, oftentimes to purge and to cleanse us, to make us more holy, so that we can. So that we can get get to, let me show you where this is going. So that we can get to his purpose and plan for our lives. Right? He wants us to accomplish the purpose and plan that he's got for us. So he 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 says, okay, I want you to be here. So I'm going to put you through my schooling so that you can do this. Right? I want you to be here so the way I'm going to get you to this point so that you can handle everything that you need to handle here, I'm going to put you through my schooling. And my schooling, I'm calling, God's schooling, I'm calling the, the desert. I, I told somebody uh, the other day, I said, you know, I'm going to start a new ministry. I'm, I'm going to be a desert guide. I'm going to be a desert guide. Actually, I think I told him, I said tour guide, but as I was thinking about it later, I'm like, going, it's not a tour. You know, a, a, a tour guide, you go and you say, hey, look at these sites. I, now, I could point out every cactus. I could, you know, I, I, I could name, I got all the cacti named, you know, I, I know where they all are. But a guide, what the purpose of a guide is, is to make sure that someone gets from point A to point B safely, right? They have, they have um, cap, specific captains, right, that, that are basically guides on different waterways because that captain... On a boat, they know exactly where to go. Um, they they know that you, you can't go over here because it's too shallow, or you're going to get in the um, uh, you're going to get in the current right here. Um, I'm going to get you through this waterway uh, safely, so you can get to the other side. You know, if you have a guide that gets you um, through, you know, a, a, a on a trail, you know, they're going to make sure that you get from the point A on the trail to the point B on the trail safely. They're going to say, you know, watch out for these rocks. Watch out for this landslide. Watch out. You've you got roots coming up on, on the ground. Don't, you're going to be careful with these roots because they, they know the trail. They know the, they know the direction. Now, they may not take you in the shortest way, right? Because their point is, is to get you to point A, to, from point A to point B safely. Not, I'm going to get you as quick as possible and make sure you have a, a broken leg to prove it, right? It's from, to get you from point A to point B safely. And all of us, okay, if you have not been in the desert, sorry, you will be, okay? If you, maybe you're out of the desert, praise God, but if you're out of the desert, that means you have a ministry to bring other people along through the path that you took. Okay? If you're a pre-desert, I'm just going to warn you, you, you're going to go into the time. All right? 
sorry. But the good thing is, is you've got people, other people who have been through that same path. And if you're post-desert, your ministry now is to get somebody else and to make sure they get through the desert in a shorter time and in a safer way than you did. I remember years ago, um, uh, it was uh, in West Texas. West Texas is almost the desert. It's, it's, very, it's, like, it's like very, very close. And everything in West Texas, if, you, if you're hiking through, it's, it's flat, it's dry, it's dirty, and everything has thorns on it about that size. Am I lying? Everything. I mean, you, you, get, you hit cacti, you hit what, what, brambles, whatever. It's all got thorns on it. All right? I've got the holes to prove it. Let me tell you. All right? Our, if you have, are post-desert, your job is to lead somebody else so they don't have nearly as, punct, more, as, nearly as many puncture wounds as you've had. Let me show you the way. Let me take you by the hand. I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you there safely. In, um, in Hebrews 6, um, where'd I go? Let me, uh, let me just start in verse 13. Right, I'm going to read through the end of the chapter here. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, that it, the two unchangeable things there, are the promise of God and the oath of God. So that by two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Excuse me. You know, God gives, gives us plans Right? That's often, and I, I love it that he does this. I mentioned it just a few minutes ago. You know, God will put a plan or a purpose in your life. It's what he wants you to do. And then he will put you through the, the uh, trial to get there. It's, it's like if I sat down all of our girls and said, girls, we're going to Disneyland out in, in California. Okay, we're, we're going to drive out to Disneyland. Now, if you're in Oklahoma or Texas, and the girls are like, yeah, we're going to Disneyland, Karis would be saying, yeah, we're having a 24-hour car ride. Right? If you know Karis, she's like, I love the car ride. That's, that's half of the fun. But you, do you know what's between? There's desert. God gives you a purpose or a plan, right? But he puts that desert... And let me just say, there's nothing. There is nothing in the desert except for a Home Depot. <laughs> Ask Ruth about that later. There's nothing in the desert. And you, you hope your car is filled up. You hope you don't have any engine problems. You hope you got enough uh, coolant in your car, right? Because you're going through the desert. Now, the point is, you want to keep that purpose in front of you. Eventually, I'm going to get through that desert. I'm going to get to that purpose and that plan that God has. So the point is, you want to keep that hope 
in front of your face that eventually I'm going to get through this dry, arid, dusty place. So when you're, um, when you're looking at the, the, the hope, if you will, that plan and purpose of God, one thing that you, you need to realize as you're going through that desert, or if you're taking somebody else through that de desert, you need to make sure that they know that the, the plan and the hope of God that for their life is unchangeable. Okay? It's unchangeable. We just, we just read that um, in ver from verse 17 again. In the same way, God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose. His, the unchangeableness of his purpose. Why, why, am I, why am I saying that we need to make sure we know that it's unchangeable? Well, in the natural, you say, okay, I, if, I am, if, I, if I get my phone and say, hey, Siri, how do I get to Anaheim, California? You want to make sure you're, that once you're on the path and you're headed out west, that she doesn't all of a sudden switch it to Chicago. <laughs> that would be a mess. Right? And then you end up going four hours in another direction. You realize, why am I going north? I'm supposed to be going west. Do you know that when you're in the desert, a lot of times you start looking at God and saying, God, are you just raising the bar every time? Lord, are you sure I'm going the right direction? You, you, have, the, you have this purpose and this plan, and you're like going, you know, why, why am I going this other way? Lord, don't you know it's this direction? Okay? And you start to, you start to get into your mind saying, I, there's something wrong here. I'm going, I'm going the wrong way. You keep looking at the map. Why am I going north? Why, instead, of, instead of going west, I, why am I going this direction? And you start, you can, you can easily start thinking that God's plan and the purpose he has for you is different than what he said. For me, it's like, okay, Ryan, um, I, I've told you before, um, you know, the, Lord's, the Lord gave us promises. He gave us promises about a church years ago, 20, over 20 years ago. He gave us promises about a house about the same time. He's given me promises about being a, a catalyst for revival. And when you're in the desert, and let me tell you, when I, can I tell you, uh, being up on top of a roof, especially in Oklahoma, is like being in a desert? It's hot. There ain't nothing up there. All you want to do is get some water, right? It's a desert. And when you, you, start, you start thinking, is that plan and that purpose, is that right? Or is there another plan and purpose I should be doing? What is it? But what can happen, and I've seen this over and over and over, and it breaks my heart, especially with, with uh, young men who have been called into ministry. They, get, they, they hear that call, and they hear the Lord say, here's your, my plan and purpose for you. Get into ministry. And they start running. And then all of a sudden, they hit that desert time. And they say, this is hard. And they take a turn. You know what? I think maybe God would much rather me do this. I think God's calling me to the business world. I think God's calling me to X, Y, and Z. I think God's calling me here. And, and God, God bless, we, we need great Christian, Christian businessmen and women, right? We need people who go into everybody, everybody else's world, and they're, they're, a, they're a missionary and a minister to, to the government and to the businesses and to the um, hospitals and to the, you know, we need good Christian men and women in all of those different fields. Have to have it. But I've seen more men and, and women actually that are put out of ministry by the church than put into ministry. And it breaks my heart. A lot of them, some of them probably, they're probably called other places, they probably are, but so a lot of them, I believe, they hit that desert time, and instead of keeping that plan and purpose of God, they go, maybe it's something else. So they take a turn. 
They go, ooh, there's an oasis right here. I'm getting off at this. And they stop there instead of going on through the desert. When we are looking at the, the plan and purpose of God for our lives, it is unchangeable. If you're going through the desert, keep going. Keep that plan and that purpose ahead. Keep that, even if it looks like you're doing this, that purpose and that plan is what you're going for. And you, you have to be led by the Lord, led by the Spirit to keep on going. If, you, if, you're on the other, if you're on the other side and you've got somebody by the hand and you say, okay, come on, let me show you. you. It's your job to keep that plan and that purpose in front of them. What has God told you? Well, he's told me it's, I'm going to do this. Then you believe that. Has, has he, what, is, what is your purpose for your life? Well, I'm, I'm called to be a, a, a Christian minister in the, in the hospital or in the social work field. I'm called to change this. I'm called to, to do this. Then you, you've got to do that. I don't care how hard it is. Come on. You're going to get there. And I'm going to, I'm going to stand here beside you. I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm going to, take you. I'm going to drag you if I have to. But that's where you're going. You keep that unchangeable purpose in front of you if, if, if it's you in the desert or if you're dragging somebody else, you keep that in front of them. You don't let that go. And you don't let them go either. Secondly, it'll give us hope. Verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. The plan and purpose of God provides hope. It's very similar to what I was just talking about. You, you keep that in front, but you, it's very, very easy when you're in the desert to get discouraged. The weight of the world, the cares of life, the, uh, you know, the desert is arid. There's not much water. There's not much stuff. It's not like you know, you're going through um, beautiful country and in uh, New England, you're up in New Hampshire or Maine and you're seeing the mountains and you're seeing, or you're going by the water and you're, you see all the inlets of the ocean and, and the islands and the beauty. No. There's not much to look at when you're in the desert. There's a straight road, and there's flat rocks. Every once in a while, you get a pile of rocks. That's about it. You have to have that hope set in front of you and to say, eventually, I'm going to get through this. The purpose of God will provide that hope. It's like when you're, when you're a kid, right? And your parents have said, we're going to go on this vacation. You know, it's a 10-hour drive, and after the first 30 minutes, they say, are we there yet? Dad, are we at the beach yet? No, 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 no. We've got six states to go before we get to the beach. <laughs> Dad, are we, are we at the mountains yet? No, 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 no. This is, this is still the plains. You know, we, we've got quite a ways to go before you even see a mountain. Dad, are we there yet? Just chill, right? But they have that hope. There's that hope. Eventually, when I say, Dad, are we there yet? They're going to say, we're there. Give it 30 seconds. We're going to pull into the parking place, and you can get out, and you can go run into the water. There's that hope. I'm going to eventually be there. I'm going to cross that finish line. I'm going to get to the purpose of God. And we have to keep that hope within us. That God is going to make sure we get to where we're going. He's not, he's not taking us through the desert to kill us. He's taking us to, through the desert to refine us. And it's going to be so much better when we get there. A lot of... A lot of the, the, the going along is, is the anticipation of actually getting there. Did, I, don't know, I don't know if you know this. Um, did you, um, 
have you ever noticed when you're going someplace, it seems like it takes a lot longer than when you're coming home? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know why that is? They, they've they've looked at it. It's it's because your your brain is more stimulated because you're going somewhere where you haven't been before, and so you're taking in all of the different things that are that are going by. You're it's more there's more stimulation. You're looking at this, and you're looking at this house, and you're looking at this this view, and you're looking at this mountain, you're looking at this tree, you're looking at, at the, um, the scenery that goes by here, but on the way back, you've already seen it all, so your brain shuts down more. So it, it seems like it takes longer going than coming back because you're anticipating, and you're looking at everything. It's the same way. When we're, when we're, when we're going through the desert, you've got to keep that hope. I'm going to get there. And you've got you to continue to instill that hope in the person you're taking with you. You're going to get there. Don't give up. I'm not giving up on you. You don't, you don't give up either. I don't care how bad it looks. God's brought you this far. He's not going to quit you now. I remember, remember what he said. There, there is greatness that, he, that he's placed within you. There's greatness on the other side. This is where he's taking you. I don't care what it looks like. And you, you haven't gone off to the left or right. You're not in sin. I know that. I've, I've walked with you. you I've talked to you. It, it's, it's just the plan and purpose of God. There's hope. Keep on going. If it's you in the middle of the desert, I'm going to tell you, there's hope. Keep going. If you're leading someone through, tell them there's hope. Keep going. Not only, um, not only does the plan and purpose of God bring hope, but it also is it's about the presence of God. Okay. I just I read a little bit here, but verse 20, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us. Where has he entered? Um, I'm sorry, in verse 19. Uh, the one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So where is it? You go in, in behind the veil into the presence of God. Think about the Israelites. Right? They, were, they came out of Egypt into the desert, right? What, 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 is, did, what did God's presence look like in the desert for, for uh, the people of Israel? Okay, a pillar of fire and a cloud. The pillar of fire was during the night. The, pillar, the cloud was during the... What do you need when you're in the desert? You need shade. God's presence brought them what they needed. Gave them shade during the day. Gave them warmth at night. God's presence was there to, to give them what they needed. In fact, for the people of Israel, it was yeah, not, not only was it the fire and the, and the cloud, but when they needed water. I'm going to take the hardest thing to get water out of. Um, it's like squeezing blood from a turnip, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to take a rock and I'm going to give you water from a rock. I'm going to give you food to eat off the desert floor. You want, uh, you want meat? Moses said, there's not enough meat in all of the world to be able to get it. To, how are you going to get meat to us? Just watch. I'm going to bring... The, the largest covey of quail in the history of mankind to settle in, the, in your camp. In the middle of the desert. Anybody? I've, I've hunted quail. Right? And quail are kind of in the desert, but you know what? They, they like to be undercover. They're they are in the brush. They're in the brambles. They're under the trees because they're, they are a bird that stays on the ground. They'll, they'll fly a short distance and then they get, get back on the ground. They get in the grass so you can't see them. Right? Anybody else ever been around quail? No? We had, we had a covey, covey of quail out where um, we lived before. Every once in a while you'd, you'd see them out on the road. That, that's quail. You don't find quail when there's, where there's not any grass or trees or anything. Because they, have to, they like to hide. 
God brings this huge covey, this, this, all these quail, so that they can eat in the desert. The presence of God brings you what you need. If you're in the desert, if you're going after the plan and purpose of God, know that we are in His presence. And His presence is there so that He can provide for what we need in the desert. Now, re remember this, okay? If um, we, we, like to, we like to blame the Israelites a lot for all their complaining. I, I've, I've, I wish, I've, I've had the thought of doing this sometime, and I, I just, if I told somebody, you know what, um, let's say, let's say I, I grabbed Steve and said, Steve, Janie, I've got the grant, you've won the grand prize today. I am going to give you food for the entire year. And you say, yes, a steak, and I'm going to have all of this lasagna, and I'm going to have, right, you're like, I'm going to, and I, I bring you up, and I bring a, a huge wheelbarrow with five 25-pound sacks of flour and said, here you go. Here's food for the entire year. All of a sudden, you go, I'm not exactly sure that that's what I was hoping <laughs> But think about it. That's exactly what happened with the Israelites, right? I'm going to give you food. What is it? Pick it up off the ground. You can smash it like flour. You can boil it. You can bake it. It's like, it's like flour. Add a little bit of water here. Add a little bit of salt. There you go. That's your food for the next 40 years. Right? And you're going, and, and we, we complain when it's like, well, you know, I've only got three restaurants I can go to, right? <laughs> they're, they're walking around eating the same thing. They have, no wonder they complained. What do we do? We gripe. We fuss. We're in the desert, and God gives us what we need, but we're saying, but God, I want this instead. <laughs> All that to say, when you're in the desert, or if you're taking somebody through the desert, and they're saying, but I want, wait, wait, wait. Has God provided for what you need today? Yeah, yeah, but I want, no, 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 time out, time out. Has God provided what you need today? Yeah, but no, 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 no. Has God provided what you need? Yeah, stay there and be thankful. Learn from the Israelites. It may not be what you want. That's okay. There's hope, right? There's the purpose and plan of God. It's unchangeable. There's, there's this plan that you, if God, God may provide, it may be little. It may not be the full shebang. It might be, you know, God's got just the little bit here to keep you going. That's okay. That's all right. By the way, there, there's a scripture in Deuteronomy that says that God gave the people of the Israelites manna in the wilderness to test them. Why? Because if they could remain thankful with that, then they will remain thankful when they get into the promise. But if they would just take the manna and then, and then fuss to God about it, all we have to eat is this stupid manna. This, this stuff is just terrible. Right? If they, if they get fussy with God over the manna, they're not going to give God, God all the glory and thanks and praise when they get into the promise. He gave them the manna to test them. You think he's going to do anything different for us? When you're going through the wilderness, when God provides the little, when God just gives you just what you need, if you're there, or maybe you're dragging somebody along, and they're saying, oh, but, but Ryan, don't, don't, you, don't you understand? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I understand. Be thankful. Be thankful for what God's given to you. You're in his presence. He's going to take care of you. It may be small right now. It might be just a little bit here. It might be water from a rock. You know, you're not, you're not going to, you may not be eating fish. You may not have the cucumbers, but you're going to, you got enough to get through. Okay? Be thankful. Because God has put this here to, to test you until you get to the promise. Okay? So the promise of God for us 
is his plan, his purpose. What our, in, in, let me just finish, finish up with this. I, I started talking about the counsel of God, right? If you have the spirit of counsel, you are giving God's plan and purpose to people, which also means that you are partly responsible for putting them in the desert. means you have a new ministry. You give somebody the purpose and plan of God and then they hit the bumps and you say, you know what, I'm going to give you this plan and purpose of God but I'm not leaving. I'm going to be here by your side every step of the way to make sure that you get from point A to point B. You don't get stuck in the middle. You don't get off track. I'm not saying that because it's heavy, right? What I am saying, this is how God works. And the more we know how God works, the more that we will we'll not get off track ourselves. And we will either get through it, by, you know, if you're in it, he wants you to get through to the other side. If, you've gone, if you aren't in it yet, file this away, because you will be. Sorry to say, I'll be here. Like I said, I'm starting a new ministry as a desert guide. All right. If you need a guide, call me. I will. I will help walk you through it. I've been there. I mean, I've traveled every up and down and in and out. All right. If you, if you are there, think about this. Know that God's got that purpose and plan. You're going. You're getting there. If you've already been there, you're giving somebody counsel. Grab hold of that that woman or that man. Grab hold of that that young. Hopefully it's a young man or young woman that you can grab hold of and say, look, this is what God's purpose and plan is for you. Now, take hold of my hand. I'm going to show you how to get there. Okay? The spirit of counsel is, is God's purpose and plan for us. And we, um, next week, we're going to look at Ahithophel uh, for a counsel person who gave counsel. It's really kind of a, uh, a sad story. But um, at the same time, um, I think we're going to be able to see uh, how God works in that and maybe how we should, uh, how, how we need to behave with the spirit of counsel upon us. Right? Let me, um, let me pray for you because the, the desert is a serious thing and um, we need help getting through so Lord I, I pray for every every person here and for those who may be in the desert right now Lord I, I specifically pray for them Lord give them hope let them be able to get through I pray that Lord whether it's me or whether it's somebody else Give them somebody to walk them through. Let somebody come alongside of them and every day grab their hand and say, look, I'm going to make sure you take the next steps. I'm not letting you go. I'm not going to let you fall. I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you sink. I'm going to make sure you get to where you're going. I'm going to show you the best way to get there. Not that you don't have to go through the desert. But I'm going to, you're not going to wander around. I'm going to make sure you get to where you're going. Lord, for those who are there, provide somebody that will help them. Pray that you'll give them strength and courage. Don't let them go to the right or to the left, but let them always keep their sights on, on your plan and your purpose. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to provide for them everything that they need. Lord, for those who have, who have um, already been through it, and Lord, they, they, who can look back and say, thank you, Lord, I made it through. Lord, I, I pray that you'll, uh, intent, Lord, bring people along to them that they can help guide through. 
young men, young women who are just starting out, or it doesn't matter what age in life, but where they can come and think, say, look, I've been there. Let me help you. Lord, we, we intentionally are asking, Lord, give us those people that we can guide through the process. We can disciple through the process. Bring them along. We'll open our hearts. We'll open our, our hands. Lord, we'll open ourselves up to them to, um, to help them in any way we can. Lord, we're asking for more. More of your presence. Lord, more people to come in. And Lord, we are, we are willing and able to disciple and to train up and to send out. Bring us people. Lord, bring your presence. Bring your glory. Lord, we just want more. More of you. Lord, I bless each person here today. I bless their family. I bless their, um, their steps. Lord, may they be protected on every side. Lord, may the full blessings of Abraham, as we were just reading, may the full blessings of Abraham rest upon them. That their hands, whatever they are doing, are fruitful that their, their, um, the, their lips, whatever they, they say, that, that it, it bears great fruit. Or that their families, their families uh, know you and serve you. Lord, that they'll be protected on every side. Thank you, Lord, for it. We give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.